one person. All right, yes, yeah, all right. That was perfect. <laughs> perfect timing, I should say. Yeah, all right. Well, I know that uh, that uh, video clip is um, that's a great clip, but uh, and there's some uh, things that were mentioned in there that we're still working on as a church. Um, uh, maybe not every single one of those uh, things are happening in this church, but in other churches they um, they are uh, happening as well. And we we hope to uh, just include many more of you that would like to get involved in ministry here um, at uh, Pathway and around our uh, communities around here. I normally don't have um, my computer in front of me here, but. Um, uh, I was having a little bit of difficulty printing out my notes today, so I hope that I can uh, follow along with uh, what I'm supposed to be saying um, as I prayed and asked the Lord uh, uh, throughout this week to help me with that. But uh, just uh, so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. Uh, some of you are, are back this morning uh, uh, for the first time in quite a while, and we want to uh, welcome you back, uh, those of you that... Uh, um, if this is um, if it's been a while, and some of you um, uh, that um, may be watching online uh, today, uh, I know that maybe you are not able to be here because of um, sickness or whatever. But we want to just uh, give you a special welcome today as well. Again, well, if you turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter four, we've been uh, focusing on this um, a couple of paragraphs here. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, and a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, there was a message that we preached on uh, the first uh, few verses, and then last week, uh, verses 11 through 16. We're going to be looking at verses 11 through 16 again today. Uh, I read that in the uh, Christian Standard Bible last week. I'm going to be reading it out of the New Living Translation today, uh, just a, a different translation, just to give us a little bit different wording. Uh, on on this uh, passage as you're turning there uh, in your bibles or either on your uh, tablets or whatever you want to get out your phones there um, you're more than welcome to get on you version and and look at that as well uh, but just a, a very quick review from last week we talked about how as um, as a believer in jesus as somebody that um, has decided that they're going to follow jesus and and you have um, invited the lord to come in and make you and change you into a new creation, uh, the Bible tells us that we are empowered then as believers to be encouragers to one another. We are also empowered to be evangelizers, to go out and preach the gospel, and to also be edifiers, uh, to help each other, uh, to uh, encourage each other to, to know Jesus better each and every day. We read together Matthew 28. I want to do that for us as well. I think that's going to be up on the screen. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, says this in verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus told us to go, to go and make disciples. 
So we asked these questions last week. What is your testimony? In other words, what has Jesus done in your life? How has he changed your life and made you different? On the inside that flows out into the outside of you, what difference has Jesus made in your life? Because the answers to those questions, the answers to those questions need to be shared with others. They need to be told. That's something that's very powerful, uh, that you and I are living proof that Jesus can take somebody, take our life and change us and make us into a new creation. Verse 15 tells us in Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at this a little bit here in just a couple minutes, but verse 15 says to speak the truth in love. We can do that out of our testimony, out of our life, speaking the truth in love. Remember, as believers, we are graceful people. We're filled with God's grace, so we need to live gracefully. What we say, how we say it matters, and how we act around people is important. It's a big part of our witness. So let me ask you, we asked this last week, I said we'd be talking about this um, from now on a little bit, uh, once in a while, but I want to ask you, and maybe one or two of you could just uh, real quickly share, uh, just in you know, 10, 20 seconds, it doesn't have to be long, but how did you do this week at living out your faith, uh, testifying, giving your testimony to people, being a, an encourager with others? Uh, maybe you have a, a good example you could share with us. Um, and we're not doing this just to brag on, the, on each other or brag on yourself, but, but I think it's important for us to know, wow, some great things are happening during the week to reach out to people. And we'd love to, to hear that and be encouraged by that. So how did you share the good news with someone this week? Uh, how did you reach out to them? Or maybe another way to, to put that is how did you encourage someone this week? Just real quick. Shout out some ways you did that. Listening? Okay, great. Loving the unlovable. All right, that is tough, but that's awesome. Sending cards, yes. Saying God bless you, all right, yes, great. Anyone else? Picking up stones of the grandson. All right. Yes. Awesome. Then I heard another one somewhere. Sharing scripture. Sharing scripture with people. All right. Awesome ways to encourage, to bless people. Um, keep thinking about that. So I know there's a lot more that you could share, but because the time will go on this morning. But that is important for us to be encouragers, evangelizers, going out to and. Uh, and helping people know the gospel message and encouraging people and being edifiers, helping each other out in this discipleship process we're all on. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 in the New Living Translation. This is verse 11, and it says this, Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Okay, I wanted to just stop 
right there, and then we'll go on to verse 12. I want to stop there just a second because sometimes we just kind of fly over that part and go on and, and talk about the rest there. But just in case those are uh, some wording, uh, the word there, words are not very familiar to you. But I'm real quick, uh, give you a, a real short definition to each of these words for us so that we know and don't just uh, uh, skim over this. But uh, these are, are gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, that Christ has given to us through the Holy Spirit uh, for the building up of the body of, of the uh, the body, which is the church, uh, not everybody is going to be have that gift of apostleship. Apostleship is the distinctive ability to provide spiritual leadership over a number of pastors and, and churches that results in tangible fruit in ministry. So, a lot of times we think of that apost. Um, uh, that gift of apostleship in the way of like uh, maybe district superintendents or district leaders or uh, maybe our general superintendents and uh, maybe uh, if you're familiar with um, other denominations they may call them bishops or uh, uh, leadership uh, positions like that that is a, a spiritual uh, leadership gift of apostleship and the, the other one is called prophecy not everybody has the, the gift of prophecy but that uh, that is the distinctive ability to boldly declare the truth of God regardless of the consequences, calling people to righteous living. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, uh, works in, uh, in believers' lives sometimes to get the, the word of God out in a bold, uh, direct way that people are hearing the message in a powerful way. Evangelism. Now, we talked last week about all of us being evangelizers now there's uh, that part of it where we all yes we need to all go preach the gospel go tell people about jesus but there are people that have that distinctive ability to share the good news of jesus christ with others in such a way that many non-christians believe in christ and are converted to christianity uh, those of us that are uh, old enough to remember Billy Graham, uh, who's passed away, Billy Graham was considered uh, one of the greatest evangelists in, in modern history, uh, that he could share a message, and then many people would, would uh, come to know the Lord through that message and through his evangelism uh, ministry. Pastor, and I, I add the word even shepherd to that, pastor-shepherd ministry, this is the distinctive ability to assume responsibility for the spiritual growth and Christian community of a group of believers. Uh, that's the pastor and the shepherd. We're all pretty much familiar with that role in the church. In teaching, the teaching role is listed here. The distinctive ability to employ a logical, systematic approach to biblical study in preparation for clearly communi communicating practical truth to the body of Christ. I know those definitions are a little bit wordy in some ways, but uh, it just gives you a, a quick uh, synopsis there of apostleship through teaching in that list. Uh, so very, very important gifts uh, that, that the Holy Spirit works through people uh, and leaders to get the, minister, uh, the, the message of Jesus across in a powerful way. Now, if you're not, uh, you're not operating in that gift of, of being an apostle or a prophet, uh, evangelism, and uh, the Holy Spirit hasn't used you in that way, it doesn't mean that you're like, up. Oh, 
I, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we're all in this together. Uh, this is all, uh, in fact, the title of this message is We Need Each Other. So if we go on uh, in this passage now to verse 12, it says this. But now you take up all these, the apostle, prophet, and this list, and it says their responsibility, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. And build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue, this is verse 13 now, this will continue until we all come to complete unity. Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Verse 15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And the last verse we're going to read at this time, verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I think sometimes we, we look at some of these leadership areas of apostleship and prophecy and teacher and, pro, and uh, pastor and shepherd and we think, Wow, those are the gifts that God's really using and, and really working through people. And then maybe, maybe you're a behind-the-scenes person serving in ways that, that maybe nobody really knows about. And it, sometimes it's easy to think, I don't know really if my ministry is that important in the, in the area of the body of Christ. I want to encourage you this morning that each and every one of you are important in the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love the story about the, uh, the corporation. It was a corporation that had a lot of employees, and uh, there was um, a group of employees that they kept going by this office, and they would see inside this office that there would be a man sitting in the office in a chair in front of a desk, and all he would do day after day after day is just stare out of a window. And he thought, this is not fair. You know, we come and we come to work and we're, we're doing our jobs. We're, we're really working hard. Uh, you know, and all, all this man does is he just sits. He just looks out the window. He's not doing anything. Drinking coffee, about it, but that's all he's doing, looking out the window. And so they got so frustrated that they finally went to uh, one of the supervisors or managers and they said, hey, what is going on? You know, we're, we're doing our jobs, we're, we're, um, we're just cranking out to everything that we're supposed to be doing and so-and-so, he's, he's just in his office every day. We go by his office and he's just sitting, not doing anything and he's still getting paid and we don't think that's fair. Well, the manager looked at them and he said this, Well, if you come up with an idea for our company that makes us a million dollar profit, 
like that man did. We'll get you an office. We'll sit you down in a chair. And you can stare out the window all day long. Just thinking about more ideas. Even though sometimes it, we can look at others. We say, think, or even ourselves. And we think, it doesn't seem like we're doing much for the kingdom. But sometimes, like it tells us even in 1 Corinthians chapter 12... The Apostle Paul reminds us there that every part of the body, every part of the body is important. Uh, without the foot, without the hand, without, the, uh, without our ears operating the way that they should be, it makes the body uh, not, not function properly. And so every part is important. When it comes to the ministry of the body of Christ, we are all needed Everyone has a part to play. Everyone has been created for a purpose. We need each other. I want to talk this morning, and, and this is going to be, I'm sure, a reminder to most of us today. But this, this is something that we need to be reminded of, and I need to remind myself of this as well. We are called to serve. We are called to serve. We are called to serve one another. The Bible is clear that we are to serve. Uh, you know, when we read this in Galatians, even in Galatians 5.13, it says, serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. And, and I, you know, I don't read any ifs or ands or buts about that. It doesn't say serve one another in love if you feel like it. Serve one another uh, in love uh, if you're going to get something in return. It doesn't say that, does it? Paul just puts it out there and just says, serve one another in love, period. There are so many ways that we can serve, so many ways that we can do ministry together. And God has created each of us just the way that he wants us, just the way that he has, uh, that he has developed us and created us and given us gifts and abilities so that we can accomplish the purposes that he wants us to accomplish. But one of, our, one of the things that the enemy does, one of the things that Satan does to discourage us is try to get us to think that we are not qualified, that we, are not, uh, that we don't have enough schooling, that we are not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not, we don't have the skills. But remember what Acts chapter 4 said in verse 13. Some of the disciples were uh, in, a, in a court setting and they were being questioned and they were being asked not to, to proclaim the name of Jesus anymore and not to be doing these miracles in the name of Jesus. And, and it said that uh, some of them looked at these disciples and they looked at Peter and John and they saw the courage of these men. And they realized, it says, that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished and took note, though, that these men had been with Jesus. You may be here today, and maybe you uh, were like my grandmother, where she did not even go, th- uh, she only got through the eighth grade in school. You know, maybe you didn't even graduate from high school. I, I don't know you, everybody's uh, past here or what your uh, history is, but uh, Peter and John, 
they were doing uh, miracles. They, uh, they were reaching out to people in, in tremendous ways, but they were unschooled and ordinary men. We need to take courage in that. We need to take um, encouragement in that this morning, that we too, we too, we, those of us that have Jesus living in us, that is all we need, the spirit of Jesus that goes with us and, and surrounds us and, and works through us. A couple days ago, uh, Terry and I were listening to a, a webinar, and on this webinar it was talking about um, how in these last couple of years, ministry in the church has been difficult, and we've been working through some of that, and, and, some, of, and uh, uh, some people that have decided even yet to not even go back to church. And this uh, person that was leading the webinar, uh, he has titled this, um, this time in this age that we're living in as the Great Resignation. And it's not, I guess it's not even a title that he came up with, but he's heard about it, and maybe you have heard about it as well, the Great Resignation. Uh, he quoted this statistic on this webinar, and he said, four million people a month are resigning from their jobs. Four million people a month. And the effect of that is having, uh, the effect of that in our world is even permeating into the church. I'm thankful this morning that we have so many people here at Pathway that are serving the Lord. I, you know, I don't know what the statistic is. I haven't sat down to, to really count how many people are serving in different ways. But I, you know, I've heard before that it takes, um, uh, you know, a lot of like 20% of the people are doing 80% of the work or something like that, or 100% of the work. But uh, I, I think we have more than 20% of the people that are doing ministry in this church or maybe not right inside this building, but around our communities and around the world. Uh, thank you. And sometimes when you hear messages like this, and, and, and if you are serving, you're thinking, well, why is the pastor getting on me about not serving? I am serving. I, I know. I see some of that. I, I am benefited myself by some of you and what you do through the week. Uh, some of you send us cards. Some of you tell us personally that you're praying for us, for Terry and myself. That means a lot. Uh, I've had, uh, we've had recently people that um, uh, are going through battles themselves, going through difficulties in their own life, sending us cards saying, we're praying for you, we're thinking about you. That, that really means a lot. That's encouraging. Uh, thank you for all those ways that you're reaching out. So in some ways, I feel like I'm preaching to the crowd today, but I, or to the choir today, uh, but I remind myself this as well, that I need to be reminded to keep serving, keep pressing on. Our enemy is trying to defeat us, trying to destroy us, trying to discourage us from, from encouraging people from getting that great news out. I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have heard of a man named D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was um, uh, not 
when he lived, and this was in the 1800s, so this was years and years ago, uh, but D.L. Moody was not always the man that we, we read about or hear about being the great preacher and evangelist and uh, starting uh, a ministry and then eventually a great church in, in the Chicago area. D.L. Moody actually, uh, when he was allowed to take membership class uh, when he was young, he took a membership class and then at, at that church that he was involved in, uh, the membership class at the end of it, he had, they had to take a test. And he took the test and he flunked the test. And so he couldn't become a member of the church. So he had to wait a whole year again to take the class again, took the test again, flunked it the second time. But the church leaders were so, uh, so gracious to him and they, they loved D.L. Moody so much that they said, well, we're just going to pass you anyways. Uh, and he became finally a member of the church. Uh, when he was a little boy, his father had died. His family was very poor. Uh, his mother used to, they used to walk to church um, uh, quite a ways and his mom, uh, he said uh, his mom would tell the children that they could not wear their socks and their shoes to church um, as they walked. And as soon as they could see the church, that's when they could put on their socks and shoes um, and then finally go to church. So he came from a poor family. Uh, his education wasn't that great. Um, he couldn't even pass a church membership uh, class exam. But he heard a man a man from Ireland that said these words that changed his life. It said, The world has yet to see what God will do with and for and through and in a man by a man who is fully consecrated by him and to him. D.L. Moody said that those words made such a difference in his life that he started to do ministry. He started to serve the Lord. He wanted to be that man. And he started to bring children to church. Well, people didn't like that. Um, so he said, well, okay, then I'll go outside the church and I'll start a ministry to the children. So he did that on the lake shore of Lake Michigan in the Chicago area. That ministry started to grow and he started to get more and more people coming to that ministry that eventually became a church and, and uh, started reaching out even more and more uh, past that church even. History tells us that it is estimated that a hundred million people heard the gospel message through D.L. Moody. A hundred million. Without question, that man who was simply a layman didn't have a degree in ministry. Didn't go to, uh, didn't get his theology degree at all. He touched more lives probably in the 1800s than, than we know of. Brought more people to Christ than any other person that has been documented. All because he was willing to be the man who would step up and say, I'm going to be the man to go out and do what God wants me to do. Rick Warren, pastor from Saddleback. By the way, if you haven't heard, Rick is getting ready to retire. Uh, I don't know when that is officially, but uh, he's done such a wonderful job, uh, him and his wife in California at Saddleback. But I quote him often because he's written such great uh, 
uh, books, but he wrote this. Most of the time, we're more interested in serve us than service. We say, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me, but I'm not. Instead of saying, I'm looking for a place to serve and be a blessing. Again, I am thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, church, for stepping up, for serving, for being faithful. We've had people even that have come to our church since Terry and I have come here. And they, they have come and I've had conversations with them. That they've said, you know, we're here, we're, we're, we've been looking for a church for a while, but we want to serve as well. Some of you have already stepped up into those serving roles um, as um, fairly new people in our church. And that is awesome. You know that it's not about just you. It's about serving the Lord. Mother Teresa said, Holy living consists in doing God's work with a smile. Doing God's work with a smile. We all have lots of excuses sometimes to, to not serve. I, you know, I have excuses sometimes. We're too busy, spiritually not where we should be. We're too tired. Uh, we're just too old. Um, I can't get out of the house, so what do I do? How do I reach out to people? Um, J.D. Greer, another pastor, he said this, there's a myth out there. There's a myth out there that there's a sacred privilege for a few Christians who will one day look at their bowl of Cheerios and you look down at that bowl of Cheerios and see their calling finally spilled out to them. Maybe they have excuses. They, I, you know, I just don't know what to do. But maybe someday they'll look down and they'll see it spelled out for them. He goes on and he said, if God spells out something in your Cheerios, by all means, pay attention. <laughs> but God doesn't usually do that. And if you don't have an experience like that, God's, uh, that God is, um, it doesn't mean that God's not simply calling you into his service. He said, it, he said this, that the reality is is that all of us are called. All of us are called. J.D. Greer went on and he said, I say this a lot. The question is no longer if you're called. The question is where and how. The call to obey Jesus' commission was bound up in the call to follow him. So, while a lot of us are waiting to hear God's call, waiting to hear what his will is, in a still small voice, we already have the answer we need in Scripture. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we look like. It doesn't matter how old, how young we are. We are all called to serve one another. We're all called to serve one another. I, I remember so many people and and I can talk about these people because they're not here today. <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm going to talk about them in a in a great way. Uh, over the years of ministry and several churches that we've been a part of, just as I was thinking about this message, just memory after memory kept coming back of people like a man named Frank. 
Frank was a man in our church that lost his job because uh, he got hurt. And he wasn't able to uh, do his job anymore. But he decided, because he was at the age anyway of, um, of just about retirement age, he decided instead of sitting around complaining about it and just fussing about it, he said, you know what, I'm going to do, you know, I, I have the abilities of, of craftsmanship. I, I love to do things with my hand. I love to fix things. So he got involved in our church, became a trustee in the church, became, uh, he was um, uh, doing lots of things uh, to help fix things and repair things and just became a great asset in the church because he said, I want to serve the Lord. A couple named Dan and Barb in one of our past churches mentored and probably still are mentoring young couples that were getting ready to be married. And they would sit down with them over meals and help them know what it, what it means to have a marriage that will last. And what are some things that you can do as a couple to make sure that happens? There was a lady that we just called her Grandma Long. Grandma Long, she'd make banana bread and breads that she'd bring to church almost every week. And she'd uh, hand those out. And she, you know, she could barely see things um, in front of her. She could barely see the screen in front of her. But uh, sometimes I'd wonder the ingredients, uh, if they always got mixed up. But, but it always tasted great. So I, the Holy Spirit mixed it up somehow um, and used her to, in the, uh, passing out that bread. And it was awesome uh, the times that she gave it to us. A, na- a lady named Mary <clears throat> didn't live too far away from the church. She loved kids. And so she said, I, I want to be used in the church. And so she uh, taught Sunday school every week. And she loved on those children. A man named Dell. Dell was in his, <clears throat> he, was, he had to have been in his late 80s, maybe early 90s. Dell loved to encourage people. And he would stand at the door uh, every Sunday, even though there was other greeters, but he would be there uh, with a smile on his face. And what he would love to do, and, and Terry knows this because he would help her many times as we had, uh, our kids were very young at, at that church. Uh, as she's bringing in four diaper bags and four children in her arms and everything else, he would be opening up the door, helping her uh, hang up her coat, uh, showing her, you know, helping her get the kids where they needed to be. Uh, He would just do that for people because he wanted to be an encouragement with people. Max and Vernita, another couple, very talented musicians and singers. They were also in their late 80s, I think, there and still uh, doing things, uh, being involved in in the music area of church. Jim and Anna, I mean, I could go on and on. They're faithful people that love teenagers. They taught the teens week after week because they loved them and they wanted to encourage them. God does not need us to be spectacular. He just needs us to be faithful. Because when we're faithful, and it's not us that's shining, Jesus is going to shine. God's going to be the one getting the glory out of what we do. We are all called to serve. We need each other. So what can we do? Well, we can pray and we can ask God to reveal how he wants us to serve. Maybe you are not not really serving God right now. Maybe you're kind of wondering, well, what, what 
do you want me to do, God? How do you want me to, uh, to be an encouragement to people? How do you want me to do that? Well, first pray about that. Ask the Lord, what do you, what do you need me to do, God, that's going to bring you glory? How can I serve my family and my spouse and my kids better? <laughs> that's one thing to serve your church, to serve your community, to serve your neighbors. But if you're not doing that for your own family, that's a great place to start. How can I serve my coworkers better, my job? And then how can I serve in the body of Christ? And then after you have some answers to that to those questions, do it. Do it. Or come see me or see Terry or somebody that can help you get involved with some, some of those ministries. Fill out one of the forms in the back that we have there and, uh, and we'll do our best to get with you. And, uh, and we, I know some of you have done that and, we're, uh, and I take uh, blame for that, for not getting back with you uh, for some of you in that, those areas. And we're still trying to get organized with some of that. But, uh, but we will eventually get with you on that and and help you to get involved in those in some of those ministries that you feel god may be leading you to we need each other we need each other i had some other things that i wanted to to share with you about this but i'm gonna hold off on this and and just close our message today because i've been going way too long some of these weeks and um thank you for they probably can't even hear me, but um, um, I, I thank our kids' ministry people. Uh, they have been, you know, those, we have uh, several people involved in those ministries. Uh, I don't think that uh, Rachel and Bill are here today because of uh, her grandmother passing away just recently, but uh, they're willing to step in and, and help out even when in the weeks that they're not um, uh, supposed to be in there and there's several of you that are willing to do that and some people that uh, just on the spur of the moment will go in there with the children that's not always easy uh, it's not an easy age to be able to do that and so uh, we we praise the lord for so many volunteers so many people that are are behind the scenes and you know it's not just about right here either <laughs> you know i look out and i see some of you that are that are doing so much outside of these walls so much to to encourage your co-workers to talk with people throughout the week about jesus uh, to to maybe bake some cookies and take them to people that just to cheer them up to send out cards to people that need to be um to be encouraged throughout the week those things are so important some of you are involved in direct ministries that uh, that have a name to them in our communities for youth or for uh, maybe for adults you're reaching out in powerful ways. So I, I thank you today uh, from the bottom of my heart. But you know, like I said, we shouldn't do it just to be thanked, but because that brings honor and glory to God. So thank you for giving the Lord giving the Lord the glory through your life, through your actions. Let's stand together.
Lord God, as we close this service out, thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for serving us, for forgiving yourself to us. You are the example that we must follow. And when you said, go into all the world, you said that you would go with us. You told us that you would be with us to the very end of the age. So we're not doing this alone. Even though we need each other as the body of Christ, we, more than that, we need you. We're so thankful, God, that you are with us, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that your peace that passes all understanding, and we don't even understand sometimes how we can experience your peace. It, it comes. It overwhelms us. It, it helps us during our times of anxiety and times of, of fear. When perhaps fear comes upon us and we say, I, I don't know how to say things right, or I, I don't know if I, can, if I can do this quite right, but your peace will come on us at those times when we, when we cast our anxiety on you and we, we just call out for help, ask you to give us the words to say, for the Holy Spirit to direct our steps. Lord, as we go from this place, may we go and be the church. Go and be your followers, be your disciples that reach out to people and reach out to a world that needs you. However, wherever, whatever that looks, we want to do it for your glory and your honor and your praise. Thank you for helping us with that. We give you honor and praise, Jesus. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to come back next week. We'll do a little bit of of honoring uh, time for uh, it's Memorial Day weekend. uh, But we'll also kind of continue this um, looking at our shape. Our shape. All of us are shaped a different way uh, spiritually and how we do ministry. So uh, I invite you back for that message. You are dismissed.